Okay, buddy. Action. Action. It's been a long uh, break. We've uh, apparently, according to our sound engineer, Beck, it's been one month since we've recorded after we had vowed that we would get back on track. That's a long break, Joel. It is a long break, and in that be- in the meantime, we've gone to some specialized podcast trainings. Um, <laughs> As you can see. Right, yeah, right. Uh, but this is, this is season two, episode one of Set to the Office, otherwise known as Adventures of Tremendous Fat Ass. So season two, episode one, um, I'm sure our viewers, uh, our listeners can't see, but the ones that watch on YouTube will be impressed by our uh, east side engineering here. Well, for anyone who may not be able to see it, why don't you explain what uh, everybody can see? Well, what, what's happening here, Dan, is uh, we've heard uh, that we've had a pretty bad echo in our recordings, and this is one attempt to try to reduce that echo. I, I purchased some acoustic foam, and we've wrapped acoustic foam squares around each microphone with the hope that it would absorb our voices and not carry into the other microphone and we're not sure if it's going to work but our next step is to purchase new microphones which we will do because our fans demand it yeah i mean i'm outraged it hasn't been done yet already you're outraged <laughs> outraged I'm, su- I'm surprised if you're outraged why haven't you put it on facebook hey yet? that's m- what you do when you're outraged <laughs> well yeah i don't but I, I'm also vindicated because, as our listeners can hear, it wasn't me that was was not speaking loud enough. It was a situational issue because if they're hearing what we heard from the test, it's that seat. It's this yeah. seat and this microphone yes. or whatever the acoustics are from this seat. Yeah. Okay. Not the person. It's not the person. Well, I think people will still think it's the person, but we'll find out. And uh, so uh, a little acoustic foam and some duct tape. And I understand that Dan always has duct tape on him. Yeah. When I came in, Joel said, hey, Dan, you have any duct tape? And I thought he was kidding because I always have duct tape. Always have duct tape. Actually had two different kinds of duct tape. This here is. uh, That's electrical tape, isn't it? No, no, it's not electrical. But uh, anyway. Okay. Uh. That's kind of a funny story, uh, Miguel. That works with me. Yep. You know, when he first got hired, we got to go to Baltimore for that conference. Yep. And conference on expeditionary learning. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think the most I hadn't really even talked to him except when we met him at the airport. That's right. We didn't hardly know uh, at all. And he knew he was rooming with me. And at some point, he saw in my carry-on. You know, I unzipped it. I was looking for something, and he saw I had a, a little roll of duct tape. Yeah, you should yeah. have like a an empty brown bottle with the word chloroform on there. <laughs> looking back on it, I can understand his feelings, I guess. But does it man, hurt to sit down right now, Miguel? This uh, is a redneck-looking contraption. This here. is very East Side, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see how it works. If it doesn't, then we'll. Well, by next time we record, we will have a new condenser microphone. Uh, we'll, we'll I should be in a studio. You should you know? be, but you're not because you're not very good. So, um, you know, if we were good, we would have a sponsor and a studio. But instead, we're not good. And we have like, you know, three dozen I've people. I've actually had offers. I've passed them. I'm, I'm not going to sell out. Hmm. Fuck that. No. 
beat that. We we do have we do have some dedicated listeners. I did get a message from one, um, uh, a friend named Drew, who he is very, uh, he, he's he's aware when we don't record. Yeah. And he sends me messages quite often. Drew. Uh, yeah, Drew's the man. He's a Lincoln High guy, and uh, he you know he he even sent a. a uh, an idea of what we could talk about a few weeks ago, but I didn't, I forgot. Uh, and then he sent me another one uh, about his, um, uh, one of his kids wanting to move out uh, at the age of 18 and uh, with some friends and go to school. And I might have to look that one up and we can talk about that. But I just wanted to mention that, that we do have people that listen and for some reason they value our advice, which I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to give Drew some props because Drew uh, is, a, is a listener uh, who is on it. As soon as we release the podcast, he's, he's on it. Wow. And I had lunch today with another friend, uh, Marty, who listens every single – as soon as it's out, he listens. So That's cool. Yeah. So we do have some people we out there. We better talk about something important then. I know. But what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We, gotta, we can talk about Christmas. That's important. And it just happened. Just happened. Just happened. Oh, guess what I did two days ago. Okay, what? I'll give you a hint. Okay. You touched yourself? Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim churu. You were in a musical? I do what I likes, and I likes what I do. Come on, dude. I clean my chimney. That's from Mary Poppins. Uh, I don't, I don't What's watch shows r- like that. Yeah, but okay. everybody knows Mary Poppins. So you cleaned your chimney on Christmas Eve. How'd you, you? How do you? Don't you? Why would you hire somebody to do that? Yeah. Yeah, but doesn't that? How do you even do that? I learned it with my dad actually when I was younger. You I wish I buy had the dad. stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I should, they're very confused right now. Why I just laughed when you said that, but we'll have to come back. No, uh, you can buy the stuff at um, I hear Menards. Dad, I hear Dad's teach you stuff when you're little. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Dude, when I was in Texas, I was cleaning chimneys for a while. You want to know how that worked? Just to make side money because I'm always doing something like that. Like now it's fire. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Nate and I were driving home from the gym, and Nate was just sitting there going, you know, we need to be making money. How can we start making some money, you know, about – and I was driving. I saw all these chimneys everywhere. It was in. I lived in Houston, Texas. And I go, I know how to clean chimneys. He goes, you do? We get back to my apartment, grab the calendar off of my refrigerator, walk into the neighborhood that's like right next to my apartment. And it's, yeah, um, we're the local chimney sweeps. We didn't get you clean last year. Uh, do you want us to get you down? And they're like, I don't know if we've ever had our chimney cleaned. Me and Nate look at each other like, Yeesh. and that day, within a half hour, I had a check for $70 and a guy that just, because I said, you can pay us when we come back because I was going to use the money um, to go buy these uh, supplies. And uh, You sound like a real grifter. <laughs> you probably didn't go clean their chimney, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Okay. A lot of them didn't need clean, but hey, that's not my problem. <laughs> They paid for a service and they got it, but okay. But I cleaned my chimney on uh, Christmas Eve. Okay, a lot came down. Really good. Lot, yeah. And how does that help you? Um, the buildup on the sides over time. Yeah. Um, 
allows the sparks to go up higher and higher, oh, and okay. then eventually it can catch on fire. And oh. yeah, that's how houses catch it. Yeah. Uh, I need to check with our sound engineer because I touched the cord underneath here. I want to make sure we're still stop touching your cord, Joel. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to. All right, so besides cleaning your chimney, how did uh, how did Christmas go for you, Danny? Yeah, you, Excuse you ever me. drank a bottle of water before? Christmas maybe? went pretty well, you know. Um, the girls were happy. They always are. Okay. I just, uh, you know, I don't see commercials, TV commercials very often. Yeah, right. Um, and I saw them recently. I think I was at my dad's, you know. He's showing us something. And I just couldn't believe how far materialistic all the advertisements are. I mean, everything was about... You know, they connected the the commercials are really playing a number on people. It looked like you know, and I I don't like that. Um, I don't like when people ask me what I'm getting my wife for Christmas or Mother's Day or whatever, okay. because it's just uh, I'm on a different program, and so it's like we've never been like that. We've never. You don't um, get her. You don't get her anything usually. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes she does me. If it, but when we get each other something, it's it's not. I don't know. I'm not saying it's right. Right. I just to me, it's like when people are asking that. It, it's I don't know. It's weird. Does and it feel like you're they're putting pressure on you, maybe. Yeah, like uh, you know, it's got to represent your love. So what did you come up with? So, and so you're not buying Sarah a brand new Chevy Tahoe with a big red ribbon in the driveway. Something better, Joel, because I'll tell you. Every time I get asked, there's a little voice in my head that says, don't say, don't say, and you want to know what it's saying? What? <laughs> play, play it back. <laughs> right there, baby. That's what I want to say. But you, you know? don't. No, usually I don't. But, It'd have to uh, be like a, like a ring <laughs> box. It'd have to uh, be like one of those little jewelry boxes or something. I say I usually say I don't know, but it's going to be very, very special, okay. and it'll be in a box. It'll be in a box, and then I leave it at that. You know, the some of these commercials. I, I'm, I'm glad Christmas is over. I don't watch a lot of commercials either, but uh, you know, the commercials where uh, you know the guy brings the the wife out into the driveway, and there's a big brand new car with a red ribbon on it. It's the biggest crock of shit. <laughs> That's ever been foisted on the American public. Right. Because you're not, okay, no one buys their spouse a car that they don't know about unless you're like a billionaire. Because yeah. what do you, are you really going to take the risk of buying a car that you you don't know if your wife even likes it or not? Because mm. your wife, if you're going to buy your wife a car, you're well, going to do it blindly. You're looking at it. Through our lens of, yeah, okay. like you said, it's it's a money thing. Well, it's a money thing, but a, a car is a important personal choice. And if I'm going to buy myself a car, there are certain options that I want. <laughs> and I would assume that's the case for women, too. You come out, Martin's got a nice truck out there, you know, and you're like, uh, what, what? It doesn't have what this and that. Yeah. That's the stupidest one ever, dude. You see that commercial where there's two brand new cars in the driveway, and the, the wife comes out. And looks at the 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 quad cab Chevy uh, all jacked up and goes, "Oh, honey, thank you." And goes to hug the truck and then the little more femi uh, SUV. And he's like confused because he assumed that she knew that that little Emmy the SUV. Oh. See, that's the biggest crock of shit ever. And so he's like, 
oh, I guess I'll settle for the little SUV. Nobody's buying two brand new cars at Christmas time, A. B, you're not going to buy your spouse a car and not – she's going to know because you're going to say, do you like heated seats? Do you want, uh, you know, uh, XM? I Well, they all come with XM, but you know what I mean? It's never a surprise. Those, that's the biggest crock of shit ever. And But people go, oh, wow, I'm a bad husband because I've never bought my wife a car for Christmas. And yeah. All I yeah. got, all I got, Marta was a card, and uh, a gift card for a manicure. Which was, you know, that wasn't how, you know, it wasn't that difficult. Yeah. But she doesn't expect it. We don't do stuff like you guys. We don't do that kind of thing. Yeah. We're not. Whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? Wow. Here? We, you know, easy, easy. We, we, you know, hey, hey back to the room. So, <laughs> all right, you know. But anyway, I mean. Um, but yeah, we have that understanding where there's no expectation for a giant, uh, costly gift. Right. So, but anyway, yeah. So the, you know, Christmas season, um, have family over. Yeah. You went to see family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, how was that for you? It was good. Okay. It was good. Okay. No. Uh, no. No big drama that you want to talk about. No. <laughs> God no. 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 There actually wasn't. It was good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I uh, we we did well. Uh, we had we actually hosted Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday was my family, Sunday was Marna's family, um, and uh, you did you know, two Christmases in a row here at the house. Here at the house, back Damn. to back, um, and uh, it actually went well. Um, on Sunday, when Marna's family was here. We did a white elephant gift exchange, which I've never done with a family. I, I'm vaguely familiar with what they are. I mean, you know what I mean? But, right. Um, and I thought that was actually fun because uh, I'm kind of a dick about this. Well, you know I'm kind of a dick, but I hate gift exchanges. And I hate specifically when it's Christmas time and you do the dumb name draw. Yeah. Where... Uh, oh, Dan, I drew your name for Christmas. Now give me a list of things that you want, mm-hmm. and then you provide me a list of three or four things that you could easily buy for yourself if you wanted to because you're not destitute. Yeah. And then I go out there and I buy one of those items, and I wrap it up, and then you act surprised that you got something that was exactly on your list that you provided me. Yeah. I just think it's the dumbest, the dumbest thing ever. And, but that's what we do. It's our society. That is. And, uh, you know, okay, we have four kids, so we're drawing two adult names and four kid names. And, okay, now what is your – oh, we drew your name. What does your kid want for Christmas? Let's go to the mall and spend our money. It's just – I just – you know, I sound like a Grinch. That was me being a puppet. If, if there's something I want, I just go buy it. Amen. And, you know – Or go without. Or go without. But, I, you know, the, the, the spirit in my mind, the spirit of Christmas, you know – beyond the whole Jesus thing, okay, which is important. I'm not, I am not downplaying the role of Jesus in Christmas, so nobody thinks that I am. he is the reason. He's the reason. For the season. season. Okay. But. And Santa. Yeah, Santa. The, the, the whole idea is for, you know, if, you, if you're out and about, if I'm out and about. So rude, so rude. Jesus, dude. Who changed the time today? Not me. Not me. Who changed the time? I changed That's the time. my alarm telling me to come here. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you're welcome. Right. Well, don't let it happen again. 
But my, my point is, when you, you know, if I'm out and about somewhere and I happen to see something and I go, oh my God, that would be perfect for my friend Dan. That's the spirit of Christmas. It's not, uh, oh shit, I drew Dan's name. Dan, t- you know, send you a text. What do you want for Christmas, Dan? Can you send me a list? You see what I mean? Yeah. It might be a, I might, oh, it might be no. a dick. No, it's, be, it's just, yeah. And the worst, the worst, in my opinion, is when you, you, somebody draws your name, you draw their name or whatever, and then you get the gift card. That's, oh, thank you for the $40 card that I can now go buy myself something that I could have done in the first place. So, anyway, I just – so I'm, I'm really glad we went to the White House. I like the kids getting presents. I just think the adults – I mean, it's like yeah, – diff- yeah, The White right. Elephant's kind of fun, but, yeah, yeah drawing names and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't like to draw names. Now, when it comes to buying our kids' presents, of course, we're, hey, you know, what is it? That, is there something that you want? And each of them had one thing that they said they wanted, and then we, you know, got a couple other little things that they didn't ask for or whatever, but – um, but the White Elephant Exchange was pretty fun, and, you know, you had the whole stealing thing, and I thought it was pretty cool, and we all laughed a lot and had a great time, and to me, that's what it's all about. How many this year fights that got physical happened at uh, overserved <laughs> Christmas parties in some families. There's probably there's probably a handful right here on the east side. Well, I tell you what, Dan, I think you know that every single day in the morning I have a routine that involves, you know, getting coffee and sitting down with my Chromebook. And um, among the 12 or 15 websites that I peruse to read news and things, I look at mugshots every single day. Mm-hmm. And on Christmas Day and the day after, there are – probably twice as many mugshots. Really? So what does that tell you? People are overserved. Yeah. And they got family over and one thing leads to another. Yeah, I think that family element combined with the alcohol and yeah, I can see it happening, yep. you know, yep. certain dynamics yep. and Yep. Yeah. Well, we you know, I, I, all I can tell you is that the two days we had was stress-free. People enjoyed each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't really dip into the sauce all that much yeah so especially on my side yeah but uh, yeah so we it was good i have one side that drinks and one side that doesn't right i'll let you guess which is which one side's irish and the other side yeah. is <laughs> yeah there you go i don't know what the other side right. is english okay i guess i don't know well i uh, you know i got a few things from the kids and uh i thought that was great i'm wearing one uh this is my this is from Jory. Jory's been home for a few days with her new baby kitty who is like this tiny. And he's just awesome. Yeah, he's but cool. But she got me this shirt. And at first, I was confused because, as you can see, the button is on the left side. And women's shirts have buttons on the left side. And so I thought. Maybe it's from Europe. Well, maybe. Or it was, I thought, is this a, a mistake? Or is this a women's shirt? But it doesn't look like a women's shirt. But here's what it is, Dan. Look at this. It's a magnet. They're magnet. The buttons are just, they're just window dressing, Dan. They don't mean anything. They don't that is do like anything. Uh, the shirt version of a clip-on tie. Yes. But it's awesome. 
because they hey. snap together. And so, like, do the I, I had Marta do it. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the, the kids got a little embarrassed, but oh boy, yeah, so uh, but oh, it's still going okay. We had um, uh, we had some technical difficulties because uh, I kicked the mic cord right out of the computer. Way to go, Dad. I know, I'm uh, what can I say? I'm a dipshit. So. You're fucking everything up tonight, I so. am, I am. So, beat uh, that. So, we're just kind of finishing up Christmas and uh. Uh, did you get to meet Santa this uh, this time? Because uh, you know he's yeah. out there. Yeah, Santa always comes to uh, my uh, mom's side. Okay. Yep. Okay. Have you ever seen him? You ever met him? He's. Yeah, he, he has a very distinguishing laugh. He sounds a lot like my Uncle Tommy. Is that right? <laughs> that's that's oh. not really Santa's laugh that I've heard. And all the kids know. I mean, there's just uh, they, they all just mm-hmm. go with it, man. Well, I've never met Santa Claus. He, he's pretty fa- I've met some famous people, but not Santa. I met Santa when I was young. You know, like okay. some, I, he came to our house. This was when I lived on Kirkwood on the south side, so it had to have been first grade or sooner. Okay. And I remember he came into our house. Okay. And I, I could have given zero craps about him. I literally went outside, and I'm looking for Rudolph. Yeah. All I want to see was Rudolph. Right. And, right. and I knew it was bullshit. Right. So <laughs> but anyway. Who, besides um, Santa, who's the most famous person that you've ever met? Uh, I met Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Ogre, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Gibson is his Well, name. how do you define Met? Because, like, I said, hey, Ogre. And he kind of, like, high-fived me in Vegas. Yeah. So that, yeah, is that, that a, like, I met him? Uh, his name is Dennis Gibson, I'm pretty sure, and he played in the NFL, and he was also in Bloodsport. Do you remember Bloodsport? Nerds! Yeah, he was, uh, which is... No, I don't remember uh, Bloodsport. Well, which is a movie that doesn't age very well. If you, you ever had a movie where you liked it when you were younger, and then you didn't watch it for like 20 years, and then you watch it again, you're like, I can't believe I like this? That's what happened. I watched almost all of Bloodsport a few weeks ago, yeah. and Marta was in the room, and a couple times she's like, you really like this movie? I'm like I did, but I know. you know, so so Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, and um, Hank Williams Jr. Oh, you met Hank Williams Jr. Yeah, that was in Arizona at some um, like you know those fake western towns where you go in and every now and then there's like a yeah. gunfight out. Okay, I was at one of those and I saw him and I told my buddy Jay, I go, "That's Hank Williams Jr. That's Hank Williams Jr." He goes, "No, it's not." And as we walk by, I go. Are you Hank Williams Jr.? And he goes, I sure am, boy. And he, he touched you? Me. Exactly. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I sure am, boy. Slap and just walked on by. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. So I'm there's a, that, you know. Yeah. That I've, good. I've, that good. That good. I've met, uh, I, you know, I'm not trying to brag, but I have met many, many celebrities over the years. Um, uh, it's hard for me to pinpoint the most famous one but one of the most famous ones was ron white the comedian who you know from the blue collar comedy tour and just so people can be reminded uh our sound engineer is going to play a clip okay All right. 
Okay, just a reminder. Now, Ron White spent years on the Blue Comedy Comedy Blue Collar Comedy Tour with Jeff Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy and all that. But right before Ron White got very famous, back in about 1995, he came to the Funny Bone in West Des Moines, and I was the doorman there. Uh, and it was a fun job because it was easy, and I got to drink for free, and you know, and all that. But uh, one of my job responsibilities there was to pick up the comedians at the hotel uh, and bring them to the club. And then if they wanted to go out afterwards, like to, you know, bars or whatever, um, they would often ask me to drive them there and accompany them. And, and most of the comedians at the Funny Bone weren't giant comedians. What do they mean by accompany them? Uh, like, like, what was expected of you? Um, be there to make sure that they don't get hassled. Um, I gotcha. You know, okay. that kind of thing. Okay, okay. And, uh, you know, and like I said, most of the comedians that went to the Funny Bone could go into any bar in Des Moines and not be noticed. But, you know, they did have some famous ones over the years. Um, and so when I picked Ron White up, I didn't know him at the time at the hotel. I picked him up in a, in a convertible, like, geo tracker which is what i drove at the time <laughs> okay and i had the top down because it was summertime and i got a few blocks away from the club and i stopped at a stoplight and i look over and ron is kind of bent down just about a foot and he's he's lighting uh, a one hitter and i'm you know kind of freaking out because i'm like uh ron pass it up <laughs> what I said, Ron. Oh, we are in an open vehicle <laughs> in Clive, Clive, Iowa, and he's like, "What oh, okay. year was this? What year was this?" Like ninety-five. Jeez. And so he used that in his bit that <laughs> night, and he really, he, if you know Ron's material, he really pronounced the Clive, Iowa part. <laughs> and so that night. Uh, he wanted to go out, and Ron is every bit the person in real life that he is on stage. Mm-hmm. Drinks a ton of bourbon, smokes cigars, and uh, we closed the bar down. And he didn't want me just in the bar. He wanted me to drink with him, so I did. Mm-hmm. And then the next night, he got me shit-faced again, okay? And then about a year and a half later, then, you know, the, the Saturday, and he was done. About a year and a half later, I moved to Arizona with my brother, and by then, Ron was really famous. He'd already done a special, mm-hmm. um, and people knew who he was, tater salad, all that stuff. And he was playing the improv in Tempe. So my brother and I decided, let's go see Ron White, you know. And my brother knew the story. Went to see a show, and he was doing a meet and greet afterwards outside the, the set. And we got to the front of the line, and he looks at me, and his eyes got big, and he, um, Iowa. And I said, yeah. And he said, um, Joel. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, I'm the machine. <laughs> yeah, I was a little yeah, so, uh, yeah, Ron remembered me, and that was uh, pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, he's probably, if he's not the biggest celebrity that I've met, he's definitely the most personable. Hey, I didn't meet him, but I had uh, interaction with Evander Holyfield when really? I lived in Houston. Yep. Okay. Actually, I have met. Now that I think about it, I've met my share of famous people. When I lived in Houston, I went to this world's gym, and it was downtown. Oh, yeah. But it was on my way home from the school that I taught at. And uh, 
he was in there and he had a dude walking around with him and he's lifting weights, you know, and <laughs> I started kind of following him and my buddy Nate was with me as well. And I was just kind of following and whatever he would do, I would do, right? you know, and then he, uh, he got done with the, you know, where you're kind of laying face forward and you're coming reverse sit-ups, you know, like that. Your feet are hooked back right, there. Right, right. He got done and walked away, and so I started doing them, but he left his uh, weight belt there or whatever, and so he had to stand there until I got done with my set. <laughs> and so I'm coming up, you know, coming up, and I start giving it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you get off? Did you get off there and say, "Do you want me to uh, set the weight a little lighter for you?" Never said a word. Just got done, or, or I, as soon as I was done, he grabbed his belt and walked off. That reminds me. I'm not trying to Tommy top you, but um, it's really not topping you because Evander Holyfield is probably the second most famous contemporary boxer of our lifetime behind Mike Tyson. Behind oh, Mike contemporary. Tyson. Yeah. yeah. Contemporary. I mean, okay. you know, like post-Muhammad Ali. Ooh, I bet you got a lot of guys with their wheels turning right now. Yeah, or maybe. Girls, but I'm no but boxing whatever. expert, but I um, I did run into Tommy Morrison, Tommy Machine Gun Morrison, at Edgewater Mall in Biloxi, Mississippi. I met him, too. I'm serious. I met him in Texas uh, and pa- uh, Padre. Really? Yeah, South Padre. I met him I, at a mall. I just saw him. I didn't meet him. Well, I, I saw him. I kind of met him because he was walking through the mall. And I was a bit excited to see him because at the time I did watch boxing and he was my favorite boxer and he had just won a belt. And I approached him apparently a little bit too quickly for his bodyguards because out of nowhere, there were two guys around him, but I didn't realize they were with him. Mm-hmm. And with, by the time I got within five feet of him, they both had their hands on me and were making it clear. What year was this? Um, 90... Early 90s, maybe? Mm, I can't, mm. I, you know, don't hold me to that. Mm. But he was the champ. Yeah. And once I, I made it clear to the bodyguards, I'm not a threat to him. I'm just a fan. And they let me go. And he shook my hand. And, hey, how you doing? What's your name? And all this stuff. Right and, on. Yeah. And then he ended up dying of AIDS. So, yeah. Thankfully, I didn't shake his hand because, you know, like, <laughs> well, I, I kind of fist bumped him maybe. But, you know, because I could get well, AIDS. There, from, there was a time when people thought that, right? At the time, we did okay, think that. So, it seems like as we move on in time, there's always these things where people are like, oh, yeah, pretty much everyone was wrong about that. You know, yeah, right. everybody was wrong that you have to shunt whatever. Yeah. Um, What's everybody wrong well, about today? Well, I'm wondering when uh, wind turbines went bad. Like, I thought those were good. Oh, yeah. But wind turbines are bad. I don't want to talk politics, but I'm, I'm just from us. No, no, like, no. what is the No, wind turbines are bad. They cause cancer. I Did tell you know my that? students the fastest growing job in Iowa is a wind turbine well, you technician. You need to correct that with your students because wind turbines are bad. They cause cancer and they kill eagles. <laughs> okay, you're being... No, no, no. That's what I read. I read that they kill eagles, dozens of eagles... So they need to stop. Oh, plus, Dan, if you're... What website did you read that on? Uh, Seriously, this like is Twitter, the problem. I think on Twitter. Um, plus, if you depend on wind turbines for energy and the wind stops blowing, your TV shuts off, your air conditioning shuts off. You didn't yeah. know that? Yeah. No, I heard that. I read that somewhere. So I was... I, I, I know you're being sarcastic. I was just an honest question because I don't get it. Like... Yeah, I thought they were good. Um, they're, they're bad. They're bad if 
They're bad if you have a lot of friends in the coal industry. Yeah. Then they're bad. Because, yeah. yeah, then they're bad. But, yeah, I don't want to get too you – know, yeah, we don't want to get too political here. But And I think – don't you be windmills? Windmills is what I've heard. <laughs> it just seems like – yeah. We're tilting at windmills here, Danny. Tilting. What do you think um, of all the population currently in the United States? Yes. Um, what percent – and this is another honest question – do you think legitimately believe or, or are climate change deniers – and not, but I feel like you have to caveat it with whether or not it is climate change that is due to man. That is what? Due to man. Okay, okay. Um, how, what percentage is out there, you know? That, are, like, that, that, that do not believe in, in climate change research. Right. Hold on. So that do not believe that climate change is caused by humanity? Correct. That, that global okay. warming is not a, a result directly correlated to mankind and how we live. I mean, 20? I was going to say 30. Now, there's differences. Um, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, this I, is our modern day, you right. can get AIDS if someone yeah. touches you. Right, right, right. There are, I think the of those people, they will acknowledge that man has done some bad things to the earth you know maybe too much pollution or trash but they just don't think it's a big deal and then they will deny that there's global warming happening they don't know there's no there look at how much it snowed look there's no global warming look at all this global warming that came down in my backyard i had to shovel it all out of my driveway where were they when uh yeah that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard i know i know that joke i know every every time it snows we get we get 10 geniuses on facebook to say oh i just got spent an hour shoveling that global warming off my driveway was uh did anybody uh say anything about those same people about global warming when we broke a record high for on christmas day yesterday I didn't uh, see them. And we broke a record high. Wasn't it? Was it last Thanksgiving that we broke a record high? It was like seventy. I didn't. I, I don't want to get. Yeah, I know, but, I know, I know, I know. But for God's sake, I would think we could agree on just you know politics aside. Let's at least uh, still have science. Yeah, your mic oh shit! Sorry, sorry. We have a technical problem. Hopefully, we, we will be getting new microphones, microphones this week. When did it happen? Okay. okay. All right. So. All right. And all I'll say, sorry about that. <clears throat> See what happens when I get fired up. I know. Up? I know. You get excited and you start unplugging shit. Politics aside, I think science should be science. You know. I mean, that's what's getting kind of scary is how how much um, things can get sculpted based on your choice of um, how you get your news. Right. You know? Right. And I mean. If there's 20 to 30 percent of the people out there that still believe that that climate change and global warming is has not correlated to the actions of mankind, right? I think that supports my point, right? But what what am I not hearing? Maybe I mean, am I am I missing something? Yeah. What are your blind spots? What are my blind spots? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I I think that you know, don't get me soapbox in here, but. As a former educator, and you're a current educator, um, I think our biggest challenge for our students is to teach them how to discern what's real and what isn't. You know, because back in our day when we were in high school and we were told 
hey, you got a research paper to do? Uh, I want you to do a research paper on um, the coal industry. What would you do? You'd go to the library. You'd find four or five big, thick, hard textbooks that were probably printed 10 years before. Yeah. And you would mm. open them up, and you'd read some stuff, and you'd take mm. some quotes out, and you'd write your research paper. I want to go back to that. You say what? I want to go back to well, that. Well, you know, there's some pros and cons to that. I mean, the cons is it was probably dated information, but it was what we had. Now you ask kids to write a research paper on coal, mm-hmm. and they might go to a extreme right-wing website that talks about how great coal is and how it's blah, blah, blah. Or they might go to the opposite, an extreme left-wing website that talks about there's no place for coal in this world and this yeah. done all this. And kids, a lot of kids don't know how to discern good information. That's one of my lessons. I have them um, find an article like that that is uh, swayed one way or the other, and then they're they're – what they're supposed to do is keep clicking on the affiliations to figure out where that, you know, their research, who that's funded by and, oh. and see where that comes from. And right. it's, it's not as hard as you would think. No. Um, but if you're not taking the time to do it, right. you go, Oh, this is. Well, if you, if you, if you don't have a kind of a natural cynicism to your approach to reading, it's hard to figure out what's real and what isn't because most people don't read. Most people don't read. Uh, and I know, and I'm not saying that I don't, I, I, that I can't be fooled because I can be, but most of the time when I'm reading, I'm asking myself questions like, is this true? Mm -hmm. Is that really true? Did whatever this person said, did that happen? That's, is this bullshit? And while I'm reading, I'm checking what I'm reading to make sure that what, they're telling me is true yeah whereas just reading and going oh wow that's incredible i can't believe that oh yeah. wow that's incredible and that's unfortunately that's what a lot of people are doing and that's why we are you all because it's so easy when you're confirming your own bias right. somehow right. when there's it a makes connection you feel good there. that it must be true yep especially if you've already dug in on the topic right right anyway yeah um, no i know i know it's just funny because uh marna well you know and, and your wife too uh, doing what they do, um, you know, working mainly with older people. Uh, Marta comes home occasionally, and it's just she's just boggled by some of the people that she works with, what they believe to be true in the world, and what they don't know is really true. Well, I mean, it is current. Look at what just happened here in Iowa. That's <clears throat> national news. The lady that ran children yes. over. Right, 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 right. So, you anyway, know, it's, let's, yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, this, uh, this whole thing where we're, uh, we're so connected now and there's so, there's a million different resources out there and they're all competing to be the first one to break a story and they're not always accurate. And that's a problem too. So, yeah. Now the real problem is there are some powerful entities that are controlling that, that can put stories out there and, you know, completely change someone's reality. Right, right, right. Well, and, and the, the head scratcher for me, and I've had this conversation with a few people, is when you confront them on the resources that they choose to use, the news agencies and all these things, and you, you show them that 
they're they're not real. They're inaccurate. They're driven by an agenda. The what is the response that you get? Oh, well, like what the New York Times doesn't make mistakes. The CNN, though, what the CNN is so biased and blah blah blah. And the rationale is since other news agencies make mistakes, it's okay for them to believe what Alex Jones says on InfoWars. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alex and, Jones. You know who Alex Jones is, yeah, by the way? Yeah. He's the one that says the Sandy Hook shooting didn't mm-hmm. happen. I know who he is. He's being sued and he's losing by Sandy Hook parents who lost their children because he's been he's been giving his listeners their addresses because he believes that it's a conspiracy that yeah. it didn't happen. And, and you know how many millions of people a month watch and listen to Alex Jones? Yeah. Okay. So there you go. I just and, alienated some of our listeners who may like Alex Jones. Well, they, they can go fuck themselves. Yes, they okay. can. Yes. Um, people are using social media to create this alternative, alter ego, or, you know, this other them that lives in cyber world. Right. And if the news that is in cyber world helps solidify that, you know, fake person. That, yeah. I don't know, man. I think there's a connection there too. Yeah. But right. Well, anyway. it, it becomes, uh, yeah, I've learned some things and, you know, we're in a different position now than I think we've ever been in our society. Yeah. Um, and, um, I've, I've, I've been trying in the last year to pick my battles. I'm very passionate about certain things. Um, but I don't want to alienate my friends and family. So I've, I've been trying not to initiate conversation <laughs> about certain things because no one's mind ever gets changed. Yeah, I know. They believe what they believe. I and I believe what I believe. And maybe my mind's not going to be changed. I know. So anyway. But, the duct uh, tape's almost all the way off now. How are we doing on time? Look, look down underneath yeah, you at the bottom. Minutes. It just keeps. Oh, it's just hanging down. 42 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, <clears throat> we're coming up on New Year's Day. Yep. That's when everybody makes their New Year's resolutions. Okay. Now, me, mine's a little different because January 10th will be three years no alcohol for this dog. Nice. All right. So, congratulations. Um, thanks. But I, you know, you ride away for a while. That is, you're feeling better with no alcohol, better, no alcohol. You start eating healthier, you start exercising, and it just kind of snowballs, right? But I've kind of like, mm, this is, this is, you know, the right. so I'm thinking about doing something different with the way I eat. Okay. Now you'll notice I didn't say diet because I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think it's a good word. No, it's it just sounds so temporary. Negative, negative connotations. Yeah, and and then it's, they're all so extremism. Like you can't eat this and you have to eat that. Right. And so me, I, I um, it's a controversial uh, documentary out right now. It's called The Game Changers. Say it again. It's called The Game Changers. Okay, the, okay. It's new on Netflix. Yeah, I hate this setup because I can't see your I, mouth. You can't read my lips. And I can't, yep, I can't. Okay, so anyway, the okay, gotcha. So, uh, and I won't go into it, but it, you know, I, I've seen it at the gym. There are certain guys there that are o- very open um, about being plant-based or vegan, and um, and they, they're just f- some of the most physically fit guys um, so I started watching this thing, but one of the things that I picked up on was uh, Bruce Lee, uh, when he was researching the martial arts and travel around looking at the different ones, he followed this this kind of mantra, these questions, or 
points he was use your own experience research your own experience the second one keep what is useful okay as he tried out these different martial arts third one reject what is useless and then the fourth add your own creative creative touch and i think that's what we need to do with the food you know what one person what's going to be good for one person may not be what's right for someone else you know maybe someone but just taking control of it and kind of planning it out i think is going to help because i need to start putting a little more in the gas tank at the gym and stuff you know and okay i mean the research is there right uh one of the things it does show though in the beginning they found this mass graveyard of gladiators previous gladiators of rome and those were some of the first professional athletes ever they got the best food the best health care and they analyzed the bones they do these really super thin slices of the bones and they did some kind of chemical test none of which i really understood but the point of the results was um they proved that most of the gladiators were vegetarians and they ate a lot of beans um whatever and they were beasts you know i mean there's this fallacy out there that we have you have to have meat to get strong and that's just not the case but i like meat i know i know but here's the thing why do you have to give it up all all you know i mean I don't think you have to. Okay. I mean, for me, I'm just, I'm thinking long term too, you know. I think there's some, if you could take control and eat pretty damn good food and um, not cost you a lot, it's just going to be more planning in your life, right. you know. But I want to do it. I think okay. the reward will be worth the uh, effort, so. Good. Look um, forward to seeing the results. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like, you know, I mean within reason i don't want to like you know don't come in here and take your shirt off or anything but you know when you, you want to see me without my shirt on I yeah i don't blame you I'm looking pretty good these days joel i am not looking that good these days so for the 32nd year in a row i have i have resolved to uh you know get get a better shape get more get healthier um, eat your vegetables i've also resolved to call her up a thousand times a day to ask her if she'll marry me some old-fashioned way. You know that song? No. Yeah. Mm, right. Maybe Every if you sang she it. Does is magic, but please. Oh. Anyway. But yeah, no. But I also, um, I'm resolving to to have more human contact through the, through the day. You Not, really want to see me with even. my shirt off? Huh? What? Don't even... <laughs> Don't even like you know more. Uh, I need to go do more stuff with like real people. Yeah. Rather than sit and do nothing. Yep. Or that's or having know, not real interactions on the internet. Honestly, I think those two go together. I think that's a big part of why I've stuck with the gym so long. I yeah. I know those guys. I love those right. guys. You know. Right. You, something that and and it's tricky to find them you know physical exercise that involves that right but getting on a treadmill ain't it no i mean it's better than nothing right but i feel stupid on them right like uh but um i think there's something maybe it's yoga maybe it's uh basketball pickup game to kind of to complement what you're doing but like lunch today with my two college buddies Mm -hmm. that was good and that's the that's the tricky part, Dan, because I, 
I'm perfectly comfortable being by myself, but I also yeah. recognize that being by myself all the time is not good. Yeah. Because, you know, being alone with my brain, my brain sometimes tells me bad things. I know. So I need to find people, you know, maybe daily that I can kind of spend some time with to kind of reset. Yeah. And, um, and that's a goal. So I don't know. I think there's, a, there's probably a lot of people out there that they may not have had that goal, but hearing you say that makes them realize they yeah. need to have that goal. Yeah. So, you know, maybe uh, if there's people out there that have some ideas, you know, right. reach out to you. Right. Big, giant, tremendous, fat ass. Yeah. Dot org. Something. Could try again. Yeah, I can uh, create a tremendous fat ass support group. Yeah. But yeah, no. So that's kind of part of it. I mean, I recognize there, there are some days when I am just not capable of being around people. But then other days that I feel pretty good. And so yeah, I don't know how that's going to work, but that's the goal. I don't know. All right. Are we uh, at a point where we need uh, to feel long. wrap her up? 50. 50. Well, we haven't done one in a month, so yep, there you go. 89 or 90 subscribers to give you some right bonus time. Square in the bonus times. Bonus times. So, bonus. All right. Dan, Merry Christmas. Hey, Happy Joel. New Year. Merry Christmas and go fuck yourself. All right.